Okay, welcome to Pit Stop, a show all about cars, engineering, and well, mostly cars. We're your hosts, Chris Fest, Cameron Daly, Justin Mears, and Bill Ward. Alright, so today we want to start off with some news. Alright, and today we're going to talk about the Subaru WRX STI, which might finally get a power bump for 2019. Uh, It's hovered around 300 horsepower recently, and now they're claiming to bump it up to a whopping 305 horsepower. Look at that. That's pretty impressive. uh, Massive jump. Massive jump. they're going to have to do a lot of supporting mods for that. Yeah, most likely. The other vehicles in its class, such as the Volkswagen Golf R, put out 292 horsepower. The Honda Civic Type R put, puts out 306 horsepower. And then the Focus RS puts out 350 horsepower. So I'm not quite sure why Subaru is not going any higher than a 5% or just a 5 horsepower increase, but... I don't know. You know they're able to, but and it's not like they're absolutely the lowest. You know, Volkswagen's lower, and the Honda's only a little bit more power. But I still feel like they're not trying. And then you look at the RS, which has got you know almost fifty more. Yeah, right. All those. Right. And yeah. I think I take most of the other ones over the Supra. But correct. But I mean, they're just not out to trump their competition. It just not. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Hoping people will be loyal to the brand. A lot of people are real WRX STI followers and believers. And they are. So, I mean, they do have a market for it, as is. So, that wraps this one up. Um, We also have an article that, again, from Autoblog, and it's called No More V12 Engines for Mercedes AMG. Um, The AMG division of Mercedes, which builds their super sport cars and their GTRs and things of the sort. Um, they're going to be suspending the V12 engine, um, taking that over with the twin turbo V8 that's powered by four liters. Um, that's a lot of, that's a, and they're, they're putting out some serious power with that. 630 horse out of the, out of the V8 versus what did the uh, V12 make? 621. 621. So they're making more power with Less right. displacement. Four less cylinders. And yeah. yeah, well, now that, I, now that I have my thoughts in order, <laughs> the uh, the V12 did have considerable amount more torque. Um, it was about 740 foot-pounds, um, and that's compared to the 8-liter only putting out about 630. So there's a major drop in that, but horsepower's not at a major deficit. Yeah, but, Definitely. I mean, you add four cylinders in there, it's got to be quite a bit heavier. <coughs> Quite a bit heavier, a lot more costs. Yeah, and you probably offset the the balance of the vehicle too, so you probably get like a more yeah, better ha- better ha- handling out of the, the yeah, V8. The longer right. hood. Right. Exactly. Probably cussles more gas too. Most likely, yeah. Right. Maybe it'll free cylinders. up some room for some mechanics to work on these things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah prob- well, probably not. For the GTR, the GTR is also all-wheel drive, so it's. There we go. I believe space-wise, it's better to put. A V8 for in an all-wheel drive car. Definitely. That's true. You have to save room for that front differential. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't think it's a bad thing. The eight-cylinder is still an effective engine. But yeah. All right, moving along, we got our next article here. 
Uh, it's about some New Orleans resident who keeps getting parking tickets for, or excuse me, speeding tickets for his parked car. And this what? has happened seven times in ten years. And he's trying to figure out why. Seven times in ten years. Is he, uh, is he parked near, like, one of those uh, speed sensors or something? Or, or what, what in the world's going on there? Yeah, well, what it is, he, he parks out in front of his house. There's a speed sensor either next door or, or right in front of his house. And when a car goes by, it's too far off to the side of the camera to be the car that the speed catcher registers. So it registers his license plate and sends the ticket to him. The problem <laughs> with this, though, is that it doesn't directly send a ticket. It still has to go through a person. So there is a, a person at an office that looks at this and says that the ticket goes to the parked car, which isn't that making any sense. That doesn't yeah, make any sense at all. Yeah, someone's not doing their job. No. No. Because yeah, if you're parked in front of your house, you're parked right along the curb. He's on the curb, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's on yeah. the curb. Right. Hey. Uh, he's definitely not sticking out or doing anything wrong. So yeah, well, it said at one point he had the number of the person, the cell phone number, of the person who dealt with this, so he didn't have to go into city hall every time it happened to him. That's mighty inconvenient, though. It is. That would be. Well, that kind of reminds me. Uh, I think a while ago we talked in. Uh, I think our first episode about autonomous police cars, and we were saying, well, what, what do they do? You know, is they're like uh, appeals. There you if go. there was like an appeals process for, uh, you know, if, if the autonomous police car writes you a, uh, a ticket. So I can only imagine that, uh, you know, we're not even talking about autonomous here. We're just talking about a sensor here. But imagine the uh, problems you'd have uh, with autonomous police cars. And so it goes to show, even if you have a, uh, a person that reviews the cases, even then, you still have problems. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be frustrating. No doubt. For sure. All right, well, I think that, uh, that about wraps that up. Uh, we're going to move on to our next article here, which is entitled, Ford Recalls 350,000 Trucks SUVs uh, for Transmission Issue. And so basically there's a, there's a bit of an issue with the, the shifter on these vehicles where uh, there's a little locking clip that comes unseated, and basically it looks like the, the vehicle's in park, but it might not actually be in park. It could be you know, probably, probably in... Uh, really any gear other than park it'll roll be neutral right next engine. to park. yeah right but uh they said that there was uh they found one accident uh, and i think there was an injury in that accident that that they know of uh but other than that they're just aware that this is a potential issue for a lot of vehicles Three hundred fifty thousand is by no means a small number and uh i think they're uh the f-150s uh, F650s, 750s, so the big trucks, and then the Expeditions are the, are the ones that are experiencing this problem. So They also mentioned Mustangs and some Navigators as well. Yeah, yeah. Some Lincoln Navigators. This this surprises me with all the testing they do on these vehicles that uh, they didn't pick this up. Yeah, well, how much parking testing do you think they do? This is true, but they got to stop <laughs> at some time to collect their data. Yeah, but, I mean, test drivers will probably put it in park properly true yeah true this is the layperson isn't doing it right all right well i think bill covered that one pretty well i'd say and we'll move on here to uh bentley who has or is planning on installing ten thousand solar panels above their parking lot so right now they already have about twenty thousand on their roof um and with the addition of these ten thousand 
The array should have a capacity of uh, about 2.7 megawatts or 24% of the company's energy requirements. It sits on top of a, a parking lot which has about 1,300, 1,400 parking spaces. I think it's good use of space. Yeah, that's what I was looking Absolutely, for. Absolutely, because it's wasted other than that. Yeah, I think more car companies are not even car companies. Just more companies. More companies should start thinking about doing this because parking lots are a big waste of space, in my opinion. Definitely. Yeah. And your your cars can are protected from the elements during the day, too. So Yeah, you just come out after roof. working all day and you get into a reasonably cool vehicle yeah. instead well, of... Yeah, depends because those uh, solar panels will probably heat up quite a bit. Yeah, but I've I've parked you know in a, in a lot with solar panels. A uh, doctor's office we worked on this summer, and the hottest days, and you'd get under there, and it was just absolutely major difference in temperature. So oh, yeah. it definitely like, worked cool? for that too. Cool, yeah. Yeah. still in the shade, super cool, right? Because they absorb everything. All right, the, yeah. I guess they're not transferring it down. But I mean, this is this is a big thing. All the power companies um, near me have this. All their lots are covered in solar panels. The uh, Lincoln Financial Field, you know, their their parking right. lots done like this. So widespread now. Okay. Yeah, I guess when they do it on on such a large scale, it uh, it probably pays for itself. Right. Considerably quickly. quicker than it would, you know, on like a just like a small house setup. Because sometimes right. it takes what thirty years to yeah exactly keep your cost. So, uh, with another wonderful transition here, we have the uh, Chevy Colorado ZR2 Bison. Um, This is another truck that was unveiled at SEMA, and it's a Chevy Colorado, and what it is is pretty much an extreme off-road package, it looks like. It has a snorkel on it, a winch, it even has some buttons on the rear tailgate that operate what do they operate chris i believe they operate ride height they look like uh air connections and gauges oh right. wow so i wonder if it's got a built-in air compressor so probably air definitely. down your tires oh, definitely tire does yeah. uh, it looks like there's is that a generator in there yeah generator jerry tanks um it's looks like tired. total off-road package you know and, and that air compressor would be important you know you're supposed to drop air pressure if you go on the beach or light sand yeah. it has yeah. rock sl- sliders on the door and everything the yep. bumper so this machine looks capable yeah compared to the regular colorado kind of just looks like yeah. a little truck yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. it looks pretty aggressive and i guess uh is this like their response to the the raptor I don't know how the if the engine is souped up like the Raptor. Well, I believe no, Ford I is also they're doing a developing Ranger a Ranger, Raptor. right? Yeah. yeah. So this could so be this competition might be towards that. Exactly. Just yeah. saying, hey, we could put this. Probably up. more. You yeah. know, every car company's kind of made it. There's the there's the Dodge Rebel. You know, the right. Toyota. Um, what's that? TRD Pro. You know, everybody's trying to compete with these serious trucks, but I think this they didn't pump up the engine, but I think this is their showing that they can make it look right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They've even got, uh, it says here they've got a small refrigerator in the truck. <laughs> That's important. Get thirsty. I mean, yeah. you need some beer on the trail. I mean, you break down. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just for yeah. the passengers. Though. For the passengers, <laughs> not the drivers, and especially not when you're driving, you know? No, ne- never then. Never then. No. Uh, next article. <laughs> Before that one gets out of hand. 2018 Dodge Durango GT Rally gets Charger and Viper-inspiring styling. Cam, you're going to hit this? You're our uh, Dodge Durango expert. I mean, I, I wouldn't say Dodge Durango expert, but... More than I us. Did, I did enjoy my Dodge Durango back in the day. 
Um, so they just uh, revamped the Dodge Durango back in 2011, uh, which is essentially, they call it a long wheelbase Jeep Grand Cherokee. So traditionally, the Dodge Durango has gotten a lot of its influence from the Charger and Challenger. However, there's a new appearance package for about $1,500 on the mid-range Durango GT, which is called the Rally, with a Y and an E for some reason. Where's uh, the E? I think it's Rally. Oh, at the end. Ra- Rally. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I said it wrong when I read the uh, title, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's um, interesting. All right, so it is available with a Viper-inspired hood scoop and vent, as well as LED fog lights. And this Rally is available in both rear and all-wheel drive. But, however, this is cool for $1,500, but nothing mechanically actually changes. It's still the same engine, the same horsepower, and everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would dish out the extra 1500 for what they're adding here. And I don't think it makes it look that much better. No, not at all. I feel like you could do better with $1,500 $1, of aftermarket parts. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and they come look pretty aggressive looking from the factory to begin with. Exactly. Yeah, the new ones almost a uh, charger look. Almost. Almost. I mean. Yeah. Same idea. I mean, chargers look like a boat. This looks like a boat. Yeah. And if a boat looks like a boat, it's you a know boat. what that means. It's no, a it's, a it's a duck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Like I, I didn't know. Quacks that like a duck. Yeah. But that's enough for this car. Not much to say about it. Just you know. Yeah. You know, just waste keep your money. eyes out. Waste the money if you want to spend the fifteen hundred for some reason. But that wraps it up for our news articles, and we're gonna move on to tech talk. Our topic is what's better off-road, solid axles or independent suspension? That's suspension. <laughs> suspension. Our topic is what's better. Our topic is what's better off-road, solid axles or independent suspension? All right. So uh, a solid axle is what you would normally see under the rear of most pickup trucks. It uh, consists of a housing that retains oil, um, also gears which are driven by the drive shaft, and then. From the gears, axles extend out to wheels on both ends of the housing where the hubs and brakes are located. The housing can be connected to the frame in a variety of ways. Uh, Some ways include leaf springs, which you'll you'll see on most trucks, and then on Jeeps or other off-road vehicles, you'll see upper and lower control arms that hold the housing in place, and then coil springs that keep the axle suspended. So what are the advantages? and disadvantages between this and, you know. Independent suspension? Independent, yeah. So the pros of the solid axle are it's simple, durable, and it's been used for years. I mean, since vehicles have been around, they've used a solid axle differential. Um, Also, during suspension cycles, there are only a few joints where the transmitted power differs from one side to another. And with this, there's only there's not many joints in these axles. There's only joints in the front end on these solid axles where vehicles have to turn. Otherwise, in the rear, it's pretty much solid from the gears out to the wheel hub. So there's no joints there for wear and tear, and less um, they're less susceptible to less moving failure. parts. Exactly. Yeah. So, but what? How about telling them what the negatives are? What's so the setup is normally heavy. Um, the rear in my Jeep is 
about 300 pounds, and that's a light-duty axle. That is a Dana 35. So you, you wouldn't even... heavy? 300 pounds. It's pretty heavy. 300 pounds <laughs> is pretty heavy for a light-duty axle. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. Because you wouldn't even find these in trucks. What you'll find in, like, yeah. a, a three-quarter ton or a one-ton F350 would be more like 600 pounds. My mind misinterpreted 300 pounds. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I don't know how, forget but... I said, uh, forget I said that. Yeah, I mean, it, does, it, it doesn't give you... You can't get the same amount of ground clearance. Right. Um, same amount of flex. Exactly. Right. And uh, so the only other way you can lift if you want to get more height is by adding larger tires or you'd have to block under the leaf springs. And, you know, both, both aren't great. Really long shackles. Exactly. Or really long shackles. But in comparison, um, independent suspension to somebody else. I so feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> what is so independent we much, suspension? <laughs> so what's independent suspension compared to this? Uh, in an independent suspension, the differential is normally attached to the bottom of a vehicle's frame. So this way, there's a lot more ground clearance here. Uh, the wheels and hubs are then usually connected by one or two control arms. Uh, the axles extend from both sides of the differential in between the control arms down to the wheel hubs where your brakes are located. Most independent suspension use coil springs with a remote shock absorber to suspend the vehicle off the ground, but performance vehicles will usually use coilover shocks or struts. Disadvantages? Advantages? What? Let's go with advantages first. Uh, out of independent suspensions, you usually get higher ground clearance as the differential height can now be tuned by the length of the springs and shocks. Um, you get a lot better control over the vehicle's suspension cycle and geometry. Um, the tires can also react to bumps much faster and stay glued to the ground with proper suspension setup, and they react much faster to wind traversing uneven terrain. Say the cons. Bill's going to take over here with the cons. <laughs> or just somebody. Just well, I didn't know you wanted me to like, read the cons or just say the cons. <laughs> <laughs> so you Bill's going to take over with some cons here. Okay, well, right off the bat, independent suspensions are a lot more complex than, uh, than uh, non-independent suspensions, a.k.a. solid axles. You have two axle joints uh, at each axle, um, so that adds more wear and potential failure points. And uh, if you want to lift the vehicle, it's generally not as easy to do as it is with a, uh, a solid axle vehicle. You got to add aftermarket brackets and, and different mounts so you can maintain uh, proper suspension geometry. Otherwise, you're going to have all kinds of wear issues, handling issues, and, and every other thing, which isn't good. But exactly. it is all stuff you can buy, you know, in kits and whatnot. It's usually more expensive, though. Yes, more definitely expensive. more expensive. So, when uh, what different situations would you? prefer to have you know a solid axle versus a independent suspension what like what makes one better in one situation versus the other one in another situation so basically if you want to go fast off-road independent suspensions will almost always trump the solid axle if you prefer going slow over rough ground such as rock crawling uh, solid axles are the king there so different types of vehicles that would use an independent suspension are like Desert race cars, sand cars, um, Formula One cars, there's a wide variety. But cars that move faster over rougher terrains or need suspension to react much faster. Um, vehicles that use solid axles would be rock climbers or 
things where you're putting large tires on something, mud bog trucks, anything like that. So this episode's car to look out for is the 2019 Chevrolet Camaro. Now, this is kind of just a first look. Um, what they did, they revamped the styling to one that none of us are really a fan of. Nope. Um, yeah, that tends to be our, you know, our theme with picking our cars to look out for is not good looking. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had a car to look out for that we really... Well, the Supra. 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 No, we Supra. Liked, we liked last Supra. episode Supra. That's true. It's a mid-engine Corvette. But, but this, uh, this car has a massive grill. Massive. Um, they increased the height of the vehicle visually. Um, it looks like the hood's taller and whatnot. It looks much more bulbous. Um, they changed the taillights again. This is the third time taillights have changed in the Camaro since they first came out with it um, to a much rounder style. They went back to the uh, the dual taillight style, though, like, yes. like the original ones, and then they went to that like single whatever eyelash-looking thing. Yeah, something, something along that. Right. Anyway. I think this is much more... Uh, it looks very European. Um, the front end actually looks very Lexus. The whole front end is really, uh, really significantly more rounded than than the uh, right. previous generation. It doesn't look as aggressive at all. It really kind of looks like a Charger to me. Yeah, but it does. Uh, Justin's yeah, right. It looks I, toned I do down. See that. Right. I do see a lot of uh, similarities with the Charger. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it does say here that uh, the ZL1's front end is not getting changed though. Oh, okay. Good. Because That's it good. was already um, optimized for aerodynamics. Right. So I guess it's just all the other Yeah, I mean, you can get trims. a... You don't have to get a Camaro in some sport version. You know, you can get a much more toned-down Camaro, so it doesn't need to be optimized for air efficiency. Exactly. Yeah, it seems like they're really trying to push their uh, turbo four-cylinder with the 1LE. Which doesn't belong in a muscle car, but no, that's not at all. I mean, you're saying toned-down Camaro, so... Yeah, no, I, I wish I didn't have to say toned-down Camaro. Yeah, I feel you. But it's happening, you know, and uh, GM being a wide car brand, you know, they've got to deal with the modern advances in um, efficiency. That's what I was looking for. It's also getting an 8-inch touchscreen like every other vehicle out there. Here we go again. And again, a 10-speed paddle shifter because no such thing as too many gears anymore. Who wants to shift 10 gears? Yeah, imagine that, that 10-speed manual transmission. I promise, I'm losing track. Halfway through, I'm gonna forget which one I'm <laughs> on. What's going on? I'm, I'm <laughs> sure that eight-inch display will will put oh, it right yeah, in your face. Like that. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a dual range. It'd be a five-speed with a splitter. Like there a, we go. Like a dump truck. Like a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's most likely what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's possible. The uh, I think the convertible looks better though. Actually, this one that we're looking at now looks a little better. The red. I think. Yeah, the red looks a little they, better. They got than a blue. two-tone paint. The black right. hood, black mirrors. Yeah, I still don't like the grill though. I don't like the the curve there. The no, definitely not as aggressive. I as don't like the uh, the humpage on the... <laughs> I like humpage. <laughs> I don't like the uh, the styling of the hood. No? No, I'm not yeah, a fan. Since that, yeah, they just changed that, I'm pretty sure. They have reshaped hood. Yeah, I don't like that, but, you know. I say why. It's I a, think the hood is the, the least of mine. Oh, you know what it is? It's a heat extractor. That's what they're calling it on the hood. Oh, it does okay. have vents on it. Yeah. Yeah, very venti. Venti. Very venti. Very venti. Good adjective. I don't know. Come check it out for yourself. They have pictures on uh, motortrend.com. Or just Google it. You'll find pictures and whatnot. Get your ideas on it. These are just our personal opinions. And uh, 
before we ramble, that's it for this episode. Was this episode not all just rambling? It was. This episode <laughs> I was, thought that's what all of our... I rambling. thought that's what, yeah. what our show was based upon. It is. It is. <laughs> rambling and opinions. So. Come back next week if you liked our rambling and opinions. And uh, No, this one's next week because we're behind on schedule. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> so, thank you for listening. That was Pit Stop. Goodbye. See you. Have you heard the story of the hot rod race with the Fords and Lincolns was setting the pace? That story is true, I'm here to say. I was driving that Model A. It's got a Lincoln motor and it's really souped up. That Model A body makes it look like a pup. It's got eight cylinders and uses them all. Got over-